0: Hey, beautiful. I think we can both agree that we all want to feel confident, especially in the workplace. For some of us, it may come naturally, but for most of us, getting to that point has been a journey. I'm Tanya, your favorite hiring manager turned women's career coach, and I'm so glad you're here. Join me as we explore the stories of how other women went from shy and insecure to unapologetically confident in their corporate roles. Through their stories, you'll be inspired to take full ownership of your career, believe in yourself, and walk into any room with a presence about you that makes people wonder, who is that? (laughs) So grab a cup of coffee or wine and come meet some incredible women. Let's go welcome everyone to another episode of the corporate confidence podcast today i have someone so so special with me i have been waiting so long to actually do this episode i am so excited to introduce to you all the energetic the infectious the captivating miss linda Lowe.
1: linda how are you
0: i am doing
1: great tanya thank <laughs> you for such an amazing introduction oh my goodness
0: I had to do it because I knew you were going to bring the energy and I had to match it straight away. So <laughs> hold on, let me take a sip of my energy drink here. <laughs> You're not going to need it. Uh, everyone's going to feel your energy through the sound waves. So um, I'm so glad to have you on the show. Like I said, I feel like this has been a long time coming. Um, we finally made it here to record this episode and I can't wait to get into Your journey. This is something that, though we've known each other for so, so long, we've never really dived into, right? It's just something that doesn't come up. (laughs) Uh, But I feel like you have so much wisdom and so much perspective to share to our listeners that it's going to be really crucial for them to hear your voice today. So let's first start by just sharing what it is that you do. Oh, well, thank you for the intro. Um,
1: My name is Linda Lowe, and I'm currently working as a director of HR for ESG Global and we are an energy technology company that is actually based here in uh, Norwell, Massachusetts. However, we have a global presence in Canada and also in the UK.
0: Awesome. Now, when I think of you, <laughs> and it's funny because as I was thinking about this and I, I thought about, you know, how how the heck am I going to introduce her and, and give the energy that, that you deserve? <laughs> I thought about the fact that, everyone refers to you as Linda Lowe. Like, I'm not just saying your first and last name just to do the introduction of this podcast, but like, that is how you're referenced, whether someone is speaking to you or about you. And as I think about it further, you refer to your husband in his first and last name, you refer to your son. How did that come to be? (laughs) You know, it's so funny that you've said that. And as
1: a matter of fact, even my friends at my gym now (laughs) refer me to Linda Lowe, right? And I think it's just sort of like maybe because... It's just, you know, like, first of all, it's an easy last name, right? Mm. One syllable, bam. But I think it's sort of like become our identity here in the Low family. I mean, mm. my husband, Tom, he's technically Thomas Lowe, right? But it's like Tom Lowe, Linda Low, And our son, Oliver, um, his nickname is Ollie, Ollie Lowe. So it's almost like we're just like these two-syllable, three-syllable family, which I have to say, I don't even know how that came about, but I love it. And even now I refer to myself as Linda Lowe, like when I'm talking, which is so crazy, right? Yeah. Um, but I, I think it has really become a big part of my identity mm-hmm. and um, I love it. I, I think that, you know, it, it, it kind of rolls off the tongue, right? Like the name is kind of me, but, you know, I think really more importantly is when I introduce myself, I I never say, hi, I'm Linda. I'm always mm. Linda Lowe. And for me, that's important because we meet so many different people in our lives, but it's just sort of like, I give my first name and my last name because I'm trying to make an impression on mm. someone, right? I want them to remember me as just not Linda. Although there's not a whole lot of people named Linda's out there but you always get like a lot of Johns and various different names right we're very fortunate like I think your name is pretty original as well Mm -hmm. in the way that it's spelled however for me it's just always been like I was taught even at a young age like you introduce yourself by your first name and also by your last name so it's just a habit that I've always stuck with yeah. and um for some reason it, it's worked in my favor honestly <laughs> so it's not like anything like oh my god there's no strategy to it <laughs> it's more like that was how I was taught yeah as I was being raised and that's how I've raised my kid now so now he actually addresses himself as Ali Lo when he mm. others which is really
0: interesting <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that. It, it's something I've never thought of. I mean, it depends on the the situation or the context. But as you know, we think about like how we brand ourselves and how we introduce ourselves and how we show up uh, in the workplace or professional settings. I think that's a really key point. Like, you know, hopefully you always hope that the way that you show up, you know, physically and verbally and things like that is going to make an impression. But yeah. in the instance that it doesn't. People are going to remember your name when you're the only one referencing yourself by first and last. So maybe I'll start doing that myself. Right. Now, when I think of you, I think of the corporate godmother. I've never told you this, but this is how you are in my head. Like, in fact, it's true. You became the godmother of the children of, you know, former employees that became friends of yours. True it it is the reality now are you the godmother of other people's children is this your track record or this was just a a one time thing so it's interesting right because you know i do
1: have other godchildren um and not only are some also former colleagues children but college friends children um and and you know and that's really such an honor right I mean, mm. we're both parents, and for someone to, you know, entrust in you their children and to be an influence on their children, yeah, you know, that is such a an amazing honor, right? Mm. Mm-hmm. That um, I have to say, you know, um, for me, that is such a great accomplishment, right? And and this is just accomplishment in my life because. Life is not always just about what you have achieved professionally. It's what you achieve outside of your job, but also the relationships that you've built with others. Um, So for me, you know, it's not an amazing, you know, not only is it such a great honor, but it speaks volume to I'm doing something right as a human being. And that really, Tanya, is what really matters to me is that I can still be a professional, but my first priority is just to be a good human. Mm-hmm. And I feel like nowadays, you know, a lot of people um you know they've neglected, you know, humanity and mm-hmm. kindness, right? Mm-hmm. And and that to me is is such a, a shame in our society. But mm-hmm. if I can still kind of hold my own and, and still be regarded as a kind and fair human being, that is really what's important. And I think that also carries through a lot in the workplace and also in my career. You know, mm-hmm. I always call myself an empathetic HR person. Um, mm-hmm. And I can even tell you the story when I first started my career, you know, HR was known as personnel. It's very scary. You know, if personnel calls you into the (laughs) office, something Mm -hmm. is wrong, right? (laughs) It's never a good thing. And I really wanted to shift that perception Mm. um, of HR into a, uh, you know, into a a team that, you know, uh, other business leaders can partner with as a partner, as a sounding board, but also for the workforce. Like they should be able to go to HR, feel like they have the empowerment to ask questions, you know, um, also to voice their opinions on what, you know, improvements can be made within an organization. So I've always pride myself not only as being a very fair, empathetic human being, but I think having those qualities have really helped me along my HR career.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You said it in exactly the way that I would say it, which is it's a testament by by people asking you to be the godmother of their children, multiple people <laughs> at that, which I didn't know. So I'm glad I asked the question because, yeah, it just speaks volumes to the type of person that you are. And I think it's it's very clear that you're this type of person, because, you know, even when we work together, it you were always visible you were always walking around and speaking to people and checking on people and connecting with them on more of a personal level not a personnel
1: level yeah.
0: right and and that was very very obvious so i think it's important when you say that you know that's kind of what you set out to do is kind of almost rebrand uh people's you know perception of people in hr related roles um, I've seen it firsthand that that you are a rebrand of that, but I think it's so important in those types of roles that people lead with empathy and, and have that sort of mentality that you have. I can't say that it's always present, and I, I know I'm ruffling some people's feathers that might be listening to this, but when it is present, it's very obvious and it's very impactful, and I think that that's totally been the case with you.
1: Well, thank you. I appreciate that. But if you go back to the days when you said I was very visible, right? I used to do my rounds. But one of the things that I used to always advise the executive team is to do the same. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you remember, but back in the days, I used to make our CEO in the C-suite you know, really walk around the whole entire office. And it's not to spy on people. It's not to micromanage, right? But sometimes it's just getting to know people on a you know, much more personable level so that they can be comfortable and that they can feel that the executive team is approachable. We spend so much time working, right? I mean, nowadays it's a little bit different, you know, hybrid, but back in, gosh, t- even four or five years ago, it's not uncommon that people spent like what, 10 hours a day in the office, right? You mm-hmm. spend more time in your office than you do in your own home yep so the way that I see it is you need to be just as comfortable in your work environment as you are in your own home right so why wouldn't you want to be in a place where you can feel comfortable you can feel like you can you know have people to support you and Mm -hmm. have you know all the comforts of food snacks whatever that you find at home too right to make you um you know more productive so i think all of those things attribute to a successful um work environment and mm-hmm. i know that people sometimes and i'm going to ruffle some feathers myself here um people you know in in hr Sometimes they're being viewed as we're doing like foofy things and, Mm -hmm. and, you know, oh yeah, you know, let HR deal with these touchy feely stuff. Right. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we need to get down to business, but what we're trying, at least for me, I'm trying to change that perception is yes. HR may do a lot of these things that you consider foofy, but if you're looking at the bigger picture, it's not because benefits matter compensation matters, work environment matters, right? And if you don't have these people in your workforce that are happy, that you want to retain, guess what? You're not going to have anyone to do all this job for you. And therefore, you're not going to have a company that's going to make money, right? Because you don't have the
0: workforce that want to stay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. People matter, right? (laughs) Yeah, and I mean- It's interesting what you say, because, you know, people always talk about, oh, bring your whole self to work, right? Like, you know, the concept of you not just being an employee, but you're also a human being. And so roles like this (laughs) truly are impactful and, and key to any business's success. And I think that's why they're present everywhere that you look. It's not, I don't even know that it's a thought of like, you know, when there's, a huge, you know, effort for layoffs. I don't know that HR is ever like on the chopping block because it's so critical, right. Um, To people's well-being and their sense of belonging and, and all that stuff. So I'm curious, have you always worked in this type of capacity? Did you start out this way early in your career? Oh, it's so funny. I actually started my career in finance
1: and accounting. Okay. And I did that for many years. And, you know, one of the things that really got me interested in hr was because i was the finance business partner to hr and to Mm. marketing so at that time i was actually deciding do i lean towards marketing or do i lean towards hr right with my personality being such an extrovert i just did not do well in finance you know it was just not for me yeah and and guess what i mean a lot of the folks that i worked with in finance really smart i learned a lot but for me and my personality it just i did not see a long term career in that department mm. and i actually uh was debating do i head into marketing or hr because those two departments touch upon a lot of different groups within an organization right um but then when i kind of fell into hr it it sort of started as more of a business manager you know with the startup and then it was okay not only doing the finances the facilities and the hr portion initially but once the company became more established that's when i had to make a decision as mm-hmm. to where am I going to head towards, right? And and go, and I made the decision. I don't know what kind of drove me to make that decision. I think sometimes you just make a decision and you say, hey, you have to stick with it, whether it's good or bad, you have to give it a, a shot. Yeah. And for me, and now when I think back, that was really 18 years ago, and mm-hmm. I haven't turned back since. And I'm mm-hmm. very fortunate also to have had a lot of great, mentors in my life, right? right? People that have been very supportive in my career, um, but also helping me with my journey to where I want to be. But I also feel that although I was very lucky to get all that support, a lot of it really comes from what I wanted to do from within. Mm -hmm. And I had to go and seek a lot of the the uh, the knowledge that, you know, could not be taught. Um, and a lot of it also was through trial and error, mm-hmm. right? And sometimes it's difficult when, you know, you're trying to juggle your family life, raising children, and then also your professional life. So it's really trying to figure out what works for your life and what you want and then from there you go for it mhm and yeah. and that is no one else is going to push you except for yourself
0: absolutely were those mentors you mentioned people that you sought out for that mentorship or people that just kind of like took you under their wing organically how did that work so it actually started in college i was actually matched with um
1: with an executive within um an an organization. And that was actually the first time I've ever had a mentor. And not only was she a mentor, but she was a female executive, you know, in a very, uh, I mean, this is going back in the 90s, right, where there weren't a lot of women in power. And she was just amazing. And one of the things that she said to me was, Linda, when you graduate from college, when whichever job you take, it could be anywhere. Um, seek out people that you admire, ask for advice, and also ask for help when you need it. Don't be afraid to ask because you don't know what, you know what that person, you know, has done or what type of road that they've had to take, right, to get from point A to point B. And who doesn't love to talk about themselves, Tanya, right? So <laughs> it's so easy when you when you say, hey, so and so, I would love to get your advice about this. Can you tell me more about yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think people, you know, naturally were very receptive to me, And then from there, I was able to say, hey, you know what, this person, I really liked that person's journey, or I think I could learn something from that person. And I was very fortunate to have people that were willing to give up their time to coach me, but also to be able to kind of help me um, when I needed the help. And that's what I'm really trying to do now in my career is, you know, do the same for others. And they don't necessarily have to be on my team, right? They could be on any other team. Um, But I just want to be able to be there and at least help if they need the help and if they ask for the help.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's so important. And it's often the thing that I have the biggest regret about is trying to navigate my career for as long as I did without seeking the guidance or asking for Help, kind of talking my way out of it. And what did somebody refer to it as the other day? Superwoman syndrome, being like, "No, mm-hmm. I can no, I can figure this out. I got this. I'm a woman, you know, <laughs> all those silly things. So I love that you were able to receive that mentorship and guidance um, and that you're now paying it forward and, and giving it to others. Yeah. What's your most favorite thing about, about your line of work? When people... When I see
1: people grow in their careers, like you, mm. for example, like <laughs> I'm getting goosebumps as I'm talking about it, right? Because when I talk about, you know, the the youngins that I've, I've either mentored or they've looked up to me, you know, as someone um, that could help guide them, that's great. But seeing, you know, people grow in their careers and in life. That has been such an amazing um, for me to see, and I'm so proud of like you and other individuals that that I've met, right? And to see all the people grow along their journey and do so well for themselves, and it doesn't mean professionally; it could just be you know figuring out their own lives and uh, where they are today. That really I would say is the most rewarding part of you know what I I I love to do
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and see. I love that. Well thank you for saying that <laughs> you've been you've been happy to see my journey because it's been a journey. Let me tell right? you. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm curious as it relates to, you know, your career journey, everything you've learned, everything you've seen, everything you've done. I often like to zoom into some of the challenges that people have faced and and therefore overcome because there's so many different things we run into you know in in the working in the working world. so something you said earlier before we press record made me think about this, and I'm curious what your experience has been as it relates to ethnicity you know, mm-hmm. did did your ethnicity ever play a factor, good or bad or otherwise? I'm curious what that looked like for you because as a Black woman, I know what my experience has been, but I'm curious if that has ever played a factor and, and what sort of factor was that? Oh, absolutely. I will
1: say I've actually been on both sides, right? So um, one, I know that it's worked against me, in, mm. in you know in the past because again it really does depend on the organization and the type of culture mm. and because this particular um, role that I had I knew it was working against me and guess what I skedaddled out of there after two years because I knew for me I was just spinning my wheel I would never be able to grow and to change that mindset of that company, right? And this is something that people need to realize. Sometimes it's okay to leave. It's Mm -hmm. okay to go and seek what works for you. It doesn't mean that you failed. It's just like, okay, I, I gave it a shot. And now I just need to go and find somewhere that I belong better, right? Yeah. It's worked for me in other places. However, I don't know if it's something that I like because I really do want to reward people for their performance and for their um, tenacity and for the job that they do, right? Versus like looking at, you know, the color of our skin. Um, But one of the things that I will say is, as, you know, um, an Asian American, I do say, me personally, I try to exert myself. I you know, I do work extra hard to, um, you know, really be, you know, um, present. Um, maybe I do some extra homework. I I don't know, but for me, it's and this is kind of crazy, but I always think about what my grandmother taught me. She said, you know, not only is it harder for you as a woman in this mm-hmm. world, but it's hard for you as a short. Asian, um, woman, because people nor you know, cause I'm five foot one, right? So when people see your stature, mm. they normally think like, oh, you're weak or you need protection. So you have to work extra hard to assert yourself and make a presence and make yourself heard. And I think that is why I am who I am today because of my grandmother's influence. And uh, mind you, Tanya, she was four foot nine. Oh. And, you know, she was like the queen of, you know, the family. Right. Mm. Um, But I think it's because she had a lot of struggles herself growing up and then she knew what it was like. And that was exactly what she taught all of her four daughters and all four of her granddaughters. So my cousins and I were all the same height. We're all the same personalities. Funny enough. Right. Um, but it's really just asserting ourselves and, and, and not in a pushy, bad way. It's yeah. just like, hey, listen, you know, I am not um, I am not going to be a pushover. If anything, I want you to notice me and hear me because of, you know, my accomplishments. And, and this is, you know, and to gain others respect. Right. So I think sometimes I do have to work extra hard, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, I think, you know, that goes for every, unfortunately, you know, female in, in my generation.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're bringing up something that I have never actually thought about. I've thought about, I've thought about, you know, from my personal perspective, the fact that I've always looked a lot younger than I am And so because of that, I've had to, like you said, assert yourself and not in like an aggressive way, but like I had to prove myself more in order to get the respect that I felt that I deserved um, to have my voice heard in any sort of meeting or or room that I was in um, to be taken seriously or thought of as a thought leader in whatever line of work that I was doing. I never thought about other aspects that could present itself in that way where you have to try harder like stature you know specifically height in this case i think about a young woman that uh i used to work with years ago she had if i'm being honest the voice of a child and mm-hmm. so i can only imagine you know to for her to be taken seriously and gain respect how much harder she has had to work yep. so it's it's interesting you bring that up so yeah i can understand why ethnicity gender stature <laughs> and things like that could could present unique challenges.
1: Well, it's funny because I actually have a friend that is a doctor at MGH, right? And he has Crohn's disease. So his mm. voice is very, very high pitched. Mm. And It's the same thing for him. A lot of his patients, they were not taking him seriously. They were like, who is this guy? We've got Doogie Hauser as our doctor. Yeah. But you know, he looked a lot younger. He had the high pitched voice. And you know what he did? He actually went to a voice coach. Oh, wow. To teach him how to speak in a lower tone so mm. that his patients can take him seriously. Mm. Because you know, first impression is like everything, right? Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's unfortunate that we do, you know, make um, you know, we we just kind of jump into conclusion based on. The, the person's, you know, initial appearance and whatnot. And not a lot of people get that second or third chance to, you know, make a, a second or third impression. So mm-hmm. I think that's why for me, I try to really, you know, double check myself in the mirror, right? Whatever it may be, or just really, you know, prep for a meeting so that I am prepared mm-hmm. and that I am making A great first impression, whether it's with a candidate that I'm interviewing or an executive, um, you know, meeting that I'm attending, I think all of those things for me is uh, is crucial, and that's something that I actually would coach someone today if they asked me, right? Um, Because that it's it's the first impression. I think that can make it or break it sometimes, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, yeah. As I think about, you know, achieving this level of confidence in our careers, you know, the name of the show here. Um, right? And I think about, um, you know, your, what you've shared so far, I wonder, and this may be hard to pinpoint, so I totally understand if you don't have the answer here in this moment, but do you feel that there was a pivotal moment where you found your voice or where you began to really excel in your career?
1: You know what it's so crazy I was just having this conversation the other day with my HR team and I said to them you know I don't know what it was was it maybe because I became a mom and then mm. everything else you know became secondary mm-hmm. because I used to work live and breathe actually I used to be a workaholic yeah, I mean, because my career has been mainly in startups, right? So I've worked in so many startups. And, you know, I used to think like, oh, you know, as long as I put in my time, and I've done all that, but I've also realized now at this stage of my life, uh, I'm not, I can't work 15, 16 hour days anymore, seven days a week, like I used to, I just can't, I don't have that physical energy. Yeah. But I said, for me, I think the turning point was... After I had my son, um, I started to realize, you know, there's a lot of things in life that is more important than just work. Mm-hmm. But I also realized another thing was that I am who I am. I've come this far. I must be doing something right. <laughs> um, you know, the the confidence and all of that did not come overnight, right? Right. A lot of it was trial and error. A lot of it was, you know, just having successes and learning from our failures. But at the end of the day, it's what do we want to achieve for ourselves? And sometimes you just kind of have to like, wake up and say, this is what I want to do. And even though i'm scared to speak in front of an audience what am i going to do to overcome that yeah and 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 i really worked hard in the past i would say 12 years to really work on myself and do a lot of self reflection but also sometimes it's just giving myself a pat in the back and saying I've come a long way, right? Yeah. And 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 it's not by accident. It's not, you know, by pure luck. It must be something that I'm doing right. And why not give ourselves a little bit of credit? Yeah. Right? Because we give it to others all the time. Yeah. <laughs> right? So true. But why not, you know, kind of like care for ourselves and say, you know what, Lindalo, you did a good job today. Or like, you know what, that project, hey, you know what, I did good.
0: Yeah, I love that. Yeah, we definitely need to be better at being kind of our own cheerleaders and the, the angel on our shoulder to just like hype ourselves up and give ourselves the credit that we so very much deserve. I agree.
1: Because think about this, right? When you fail at something or when something doesn't go right, the first response is, oh, man, I screwed up. Or oh, why did I do that, right? But you never say to yourself like, oh my God, that presentation was amazing. Like, <laughs> that is great. People loved it, right? Yeah. You never you never give yourself kudos that way because maybe it's like, oh, is it conceited or am I being narcissistic? But that's not the case. Sometimes it's just all I need is to step back and say, oh, you know what? I did okay. Mm-hmm. I survived, right? Mm-hmm. And tomorrow's another day, and you know, I can keep on going. yeah, and I think that's important, especially f- for for me as a working mom. Mm-hmm. It, it's not just work, right? It's just giving yourself credit sometimes when you see your child learning from from lessons that you've taught them. and you're just like, hmm, okay, righty. You <laughs> know, like they're listening, okay.
0: Yeah, so true. Uh, I love that. I mean, I feel like we've covered so much ground and you've given so much of your wisdom. I'm going to continue, by the way, to call you the corporate godmother moving forward. So be ready for that. (laughs) Um, My new tagline. Yeah, put that in your LinkedIn profile. Um, (laughs) I want to wrap up by kind of switching gears a little bit and maybe having a little bit of fun just by asking you a couple questions, if that's okay. Of course. (laughs) All right. We're going to start with some, uh, two would you rathers. Ready? Would you rather live on the beach or in a cabin in the woods? Beach. Easy, huh? (laughs) Okay. Easy. All day. Got it. I love it. I'm a city girl. Bugs,
1: mm, they're not my friends.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I've come to accept the fact that camping might be behind uh-huh. me. My my husband and my son always try to convince me and I'm like I I think I don't think I'm there anymore. Sorry yeah, guys. I'm all set. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Would you rather be prom queen or valedictorian?
1: Oh my goodness. This is a tough one. I would rather be prom queen. Why is that? I well, well, you know, I That's interesting. I think prom queen is a likable person. You could be a valedictorian. Doesn't mean that people like you, right? (laughs) I mean, valedictorian is based on data. It's based (laughs) on your test score. Prom queen is based on a popularity contest,
0: okay? So I'm just saying prom queen. (laughs) That's on brand. I I love it. Um, What's your dream vacation? Oh,
1: Africa. That's actually on my bucket list um so I've always I'm not an outdoorsy girl but Mm -hmm. I do love animals Mm. um you know I have a big fat 18 pound Maine coon cat and I've got a 10 year old golden retriever um but I've always wanted to go to Africa because of you know obviously the safari but I love um experiencing other cultures Mm. and um Really, that is something that has always been a dream of mine is to get to Africa, do a safari. But I would love to go into like, say, a village and learn like the, you know, like cooking the local meals, uh, maybe visiting like a school in Africa. That has always been something that's been on my bucket list. And I'm really it. hoping that I can get there before, you know, I'm old and decrepit and I can't walk.
0: <laughs> I think you can do it. I'll be waiting on the sidelines, watching for pictures and videos of that incredible experience. It sounds amazing. Last question is, actually, let me clarify. Is Ollie in college? college. Are you an empty nester? Oh my we gosh. Okay. empty
1: nesters now.
0: All right. What is your favorite part about being an empty nester?
1: Oh, I don't even know if I have a favorite part, to be honest, because I'm having separation anxiety, and that is the truth. However, um, the best part of being an empty nester right now is that my grocery bill has gone down by 70 percent.
0: (laughs) Specifically. I love that you've put a number on it. That's incredible.
1: Oh, my goodness. Well, actually, joking aside, I, I think the beauty of being an empty nester is having time. Mm. Um. For you know, to ourselves, right? I mean, I've yeah. been married for, I'm going on my 27th year this coming May. Wow. And I would say for the past 18 years, Tom and I have been so busy between, you know, our careers and, you know, being a parent and having to care for elderly parents as well. Now as an empty nester, we actually have time to connect with each other. and And this is so crazy, but it could just be something as simple as, hey, I'm starting a, a a movie, right? Let's, you know, sit and watch a movie together tonight. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, great, because I don't have to shuffle anyone to baseball practice, right? I don't have to, you know, be on people for, or, you know, be on Ollie for like his homework assignments, nothing like that. Yeah. Um, so I think it's really just having time with each other mm-hmm. and definitely more time for myself.
0: Mm, so important, well, hopefully, hopefully you can uh lean on that when when you're in the moments of you know feeling that separation anxiety. <laughs> well, actually, we're having dinner with him tonight. <laughs> oh, nice, okay. I don't want to stand in the middle of that. This <laughs> no. has been so much fun. um, thank you so much for being here and for sharing everything. I loved hearing about your journey and all the things in between. Um, everyone the the corporate godmother has spoken
1: (laughs) oh my goodness Tanya thank you so much again for the honor and of course it's always great to you know see you and speak to you and you know I love you
0: so always (laughs) love you too Linda If there's one thing I'm obsessed with, it's creating a safe space for women to get the guidance, support, and encouragement they need to elevate their own corporate confidence. That's exactly what happens inside my Corporate Mavens community. Each week, this group of ambitious women are overcoming challenges in the workplace, receiving the mentorship they've always wanted, and celebrating each other's wins, big or small. This isn't your typical, we all hold the same role or we work in the same industry type of community. No, ma'am. This is a one of a kind space where women of diverse backgrounds, job levels, and industries come together to gain unique perspectives that they wouldn't otherwise get from other groups. You're invited to join us to learn, laugh, and grow together. Visit slash membership, that's Tanya with an O, for more information. I'll link it in the show notes. We can't wait to meet you.